ओम वक्रतुंड महाकाय सूर्यकोटि समप्रभ निर्विघ्न कुर मे देव सर्वकारेशु सर्वदा ओम श्री गणेशाय नम ओम भगवते श्री स्वामीनारायण नम ओम भगवते श्री रुद्राय नम ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ऐं ह्रीं क्लीं चामुंडाय विच्चे सर्वंगलमंगल्ये शिवे सर्वाथसाधिके श्येत्रंबके गौरीनारायणी नमोस्तुते ओं नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओं नमो हनुमते भयभंजनाय सुखम कुरु हट स्वाहा ओं श्री गुरुभ्यो नम श्रीगुरस्त्र अखंडमंगलाकार व्यान चराचर तत्पम दर्शित मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम अज्ञानतिरांध से ज्ञानाजनशलाकया चक्षुर मिलत मेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम गुर्ब्रह्मा गुर्विष्णु गुर्देव महेश्वर गुरव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीगुरभ्यो नम सद्गुभ्यो नम श्री ओम वेलकम टू डेली सत्संग वी आर continuing our contemplation on the guru stotram verse number 3 and are trying to uh, contemplate on the glory of bhagwan shankar bhagwan shiva guru devo maheshwara that part of the verse uh, and there's quite a bit obviously that's embedded within that so continue from yesterday the charitra the particular incident that is in the in the various puranas of bhagwan shankar you know uh, uh, taking on the poison that comes out of that manthan out of that that churning of the ocean and the amrit comes later on but the poison came first so somebody had to take that somebody had to hold that and nobody could do so because it would be destructive so we talked about that in various ways already but now we're going to go into another aspect of the that this this incident with the poison because yesterday we talked about the tasting of the poison today i'm going to try to go into the swallowing see the swallowing happens after you put food in the mouth food or after you chew the food or you know food water beverage whatever after it's got certain liquidity to it then you can swallow but when we swallow food what happens it goes straight down you know we don't we don't have that ability to hold the food in our neck or to hold anything in our neck as soon as we swallow it's gone it goes straight into the stomach but the charitra of bhagwan shiv is that he is swallowing and then holding so today i'll talk about this swallowing aspect tomorrow will be the holding aspect then we will finish with this particular incident tomorrow So when we consider you know what it means to swallow poisonous situations circumstances it's not an easy thing it's one thing to even hold it another thing to put in the mouth but it takes even more courage tremendous courage tremendous compassion grace 
to swallow the poisons of the sansar, which are innumerable. There are so many that keep coming in life, so many difficulties that come from the smallest, smallest, smallest things all the way to very big problems. And the enlightened being, the Jivan Mukta, is one who is able to swallow that poison. Why? <clears throat> because that poison is such that it is destructive. It is very, very harmful. And there are hundreds of such things in life today. <clears throat> Some From simple things like driving a car and somebody cutting us off and getting angry and upset. People have killed each other over somebody cutting them off. Many incidences like this have happened in New York City. You know, from other poisons that are generated from within. The, the greed comes up. So these things come up again and again. And to really hold hold on to, we'll talk, we'll talk about that tomorrow, but, but to even, the act of swallowing requires tremendous courage, but there's one more thing. It's not just courage. One has to have already that amrut within, that great power, spiritual energy, spiritual grace and power to, to even swallow that poison. Sometimes in, in our families, kids are doing well, everybody's doing well, some, and somebody goes off track. And it causes so much disturbance. My God! Whole family is, uh, is disturbed. How difficult it is. So, or something happens to someone. You know, or sometimes there's a big argument. Whatever. Whatever the difficulty might be. The capacity to tolerate the circumstances. Tolerance and then to swallow that circumstance means the following. It means not getting reactive not blaming anybody, not damaging your own stability, not poisonously or harmfully using language or doing performing actions that are harmful, ahimsa. It has all of that meaning. But it also has to do with remaining very, very, very steady, energetic and clear so that one can swallow it. Otherwise, one will not be, one will spit it out right away. This happens in our lives all the time in different ways. We do not have the patience, the tenacity or the strength to swallow so many different poisons that come, so many problems that come about, so many difficulties, we get overwhelmed. We don't have the composure to not get overwhelmed. So the great sages, the great beings who are enlightened, they have that ability to see all kinds of circumstances and situations in life and remain free, remain stable, remain integrated and swallow the circumstance 
without it damaging their inner inner state there are many examples of this many 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 are there many people throughout the world have gone through this it's not just people on sitting in temples and gurus and sampradayas and all that it's happened across the board in every every area of life where individuals because of their passion because of their vision they have been able to tolerate very difficult circumstances and swallow the poison in Gandhiji's life we see this in Nelson Mandela's life we see this in Martin Luther King Jr's life side is we see this in the lineage of all the sages we see this we see this over and over and over again the charitras are endless I won't go into too many of them here and the incidences are, are so many people have been killed also and they died with composure so many things are like that even in this country in the United States the fight for freedom from slavery until to get equal rights right all of that is there in India the problem of untouchability and all that caste system and the hierarchical nature of that all those things these are all the poisons that's all they are one one per one one group dominating another one group damaging another one sect versus another sect one interpretation versus another interpretation and then the dislike and the hatred and the wars this is all poison disagreements are one thing dislike hatred and and damage to each other it's tribalism and it's it's it's, it's caused so much damage so we see that the sansar in if you really go into the sansar you this it's this poison is lurking everywhere unfortunately that's the real we see that everywhere you can on the surface it seems like oh everything is beautiful you go just a tad deeper you'll find the poison right away you'll find it anywhere i i can give you so many examples you can just go to a supermarket and when you go inside oh everything is arranged nicely this yes it is no doubt but if you were to ask the people who are actually doing the work how many people are going to say they're doing it with tremendous joy and freedom and enlightenment yes they'll talk to you nicely if you're a customer customer always comes first right but internally they don't want to be there who wants to be there ask anybody what do you want they said they want to get out of there and get something better they want more money they want more freedom they don't want to be doing the same rep- repetitive job again and again they're sick of it and whoever is sitting as the boss that guy is looking for some something even some bigger position who is happy in this world and but it is possible to be happy in any situation but when we look at the sansar in any place if you really dive a little deeper and people are honest they'll tell you that they want something better they want something this they want something that this goes on <coughs> it just goes on everywhere because it is the wanting of something more something new something different it just goes on and then that leads to unhappiness so so the enlightened being sees all of this yeah i'm not trying to say that everybody's unhappy all the time that's not the point but most people are not in that jivan mukta state they are not in that state of okay whatever i'm doing is a karma yoga and doing for the god and 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 completely free from within and performing my duty whether it's a trash collector or it's a construction worker or an engineer or doctor or the president or the space shuttle guy whoever it is if there's the, the attitude is there that we want to 
want to serve the humanity. It's very hard. And, and the fact of the matter is any job, anything we do go, is repetitive. Everything is repetitive in, in this sansar. And from the most complicated jobs and occupations all the way to the most simple ones. Simple to very complicated, they are all repetitive. One might be a neurosurgeon, he does five neuro neurosurgery, 10, 20, 30, it becomes repetitive. Somebody is, is, goes into the space, they go again and again, it becomes repetitive. Even with the scriptures, the same scriptures come again and again. Uh, I've heard from so many people, what is the obsession in India with this Ramayana and Mahabharata and all this? What, what nonsense is all of this thing? Same stories over and over again, they keep remaking them and re regurgitating them again and again. People don't like that. They say, what is all this thing? But the fact of the matter is, if, if you can get out of that repetitive mindset and find the new teaching in that for yourself, then you are growing. It's not about the story. Like, like we know about the Sharitas of Bhagwan Shiv, for example. But what is, what is to be taken inside to perceive from a new angle, new vision, so we can keep growing? Because when we look at the sansar outside, there is tremendous amount of suffering. That's what the Buddha saw. Siddhartha, before he became the Buddha, enlightened one, he saw a dying person, a sick person, an old person, old age, disease, death. We see this. We see this all the time. We see the crematories and we see funeral homes. We see hospitals. We see, but it's all covered up. You know, we don't want to see those things. But they're there. And we want to experience those attractive features of the sansar. Sure, they're there also. But the problem is even in running after the attractive features, they also have dukh inside of them. Doesn't matter how attractive something is, once you try to expand the experience, it is going to produce difficulty and pain and suffering. Any experience, once it goes out of a certain range of benefit, it will become non-beneficial and then it will become harmful. That is true with food, clothing, shelter. It's true with everything in life. Any experience. Take an amusement park. You know, when they had these, when initially when they made these rides and all this, the rides were not like what they have now at Six Flags. Every year some new higher ride comes up, something more exciting, something more different way, different way. Why is that? Because of saturation effect. So that saturation effect is also poisonous. Because now you're looking for something more, something more, something more. The enlightened being, as Bhagwan Shiva is teaching us, it sees all of this as massive limitation and realizes that whatever the difficulties are, whatever those experiences are, yes, you are able to interact to some extent, but not to bring it inside your system that it destroys you. And that is the great teaching of this entire incident of Bhagwan Shiv drinking this halahal poison. It is a very profound charitra because this, these difficulties are going to come up in sadhana. They come up when we see the sansar. They come up with people who are in bhog, people who are going towards bhog, more and more and more sense enjoyment. They're poisoning their brain, mind and their energy system. And then, so even Shiva is teaching, okay, if, if that kind of difficulty is generated, 
That's where the Namah Shivaya mantra comes in. That's a medicinal mantra that allows the difficulty to resolve. And there are many other Shiv mantras and other Shiv, Shiv Shakti is a type of, they, all of their Bhakti and Upasana is medicinal for the sansar. That's why they are, they, you know, they are the mother and the father of the whole universe. This is how the tradition is, is saying. It's energy and you know, it's the Prakriti and the Purusha in that sense. <clears throat> so, swallowing, why would anybody swallow? Why is Shiva swallowing that? Because he doesn't, he's <clears throat> very aware that it must not come out of his mouth. You know, from our, what is the big teaching in this? Watch our language. You know, don't we say watch your mouth. Some, sometimes you say this to somebody, you have a foul mouth. Don't use harsh language. See, in Bhagavad Gita, the technology of highest level communication is shown in the Bhagavad Gita. That Vani, Vani it should meet three criteria. <clears throat> that it should be truthful, it should be beneficial, and it should be pleasing. Satya, Priya, Hitkari. This is a formula shown in the Bhagavad Gita. And to experience the giving of Amrut while swallowing the poison, this formula for communication is to be applied. That is how the poison from the outside, poison meaning the, the problems and difficulties and people shouting and screaming and whatever, that, whatever is going on that is, that, is, that is disturbing on the outside is held, it's, it's, it's swallowed. It's swallowed. But, and it is not thrown out, like an expanded, that poison, it's, it's not expanded. It's transformed, which we'll talk about that tomorrow. But what what it, it, it what does happen is that the individual is able to express the wisdom that is within, the gnanam that is within to the sansar. You know, so that is that is the most extraordinary state that we swallow it with tremendous mental stability, clarity, harmony. And with the realization, tremendous realization, that joy or ananda is the atma, is the God, Paramatma, that the sansar cannot provide. Running after the sansar never will open the door into akanda ananda. It will not happen. It has never happened. In Swami Narayan Sampradaya, Sri Gunatidanand Swami, he has mentioned about Vishayano Marg in Gujarati. He said, Vishayano Marg, we said, Ema Andratho, Beratho, Lulatho, Emtho, Asaktanatho. What does that mean? I'll translate it for you. It means, don't let your eyes go running after, after the Vishayas. Because if you keep running after running in that direction, you will just get lost in there and what will happen? The poison will awaken from within you. You know, we talk about awakening energy and enlightenment. 
but there's something else you can you can also awaken damage awaken poisons that are hidden we don't realize that we don't realize how many times how often we are internally actually opening up this dormant dormant jhair the dormant sickness that is there rather than destroying it we're opening it as humanity and then mistaking that as joy how unbelievable you know so bhagwan shiv mein karuna hai divya karuna purna karuna hai unme because he is the atma that's the whole point when we realize this atma all the saintly qualities are there when we realize that divine joy the mind literally sinks into the atma and it is and whatever mind is there mind and body and senses it they're shining with the divine light of enlightenment and when that shining is going on is happening then then that living being is naturally able to take the circumstances as i mentioned yesterday from the outside from others pull them inside and give amrut back again and again again and again again and again and this goes on day in and day out day in and day out day in and day out that is the most phenomenal state to realize such a state to be in such a state is a liberated state of existence yes the body functions continue yes the world yes the life force that we have it continues in the body it functions in the, in this world but it functions in two different levels it functions in the level of seeing the sansar as it is people as i mentioned many times before people are thinking about improving the sansar Yes you can we need to do seva to improve the sansar we are interlinked so we have to serve the sansar through our jobs through our whatever we're doing while while doing that to utilize every possible time and time and energy that we have to absorb into the glory of god into the mahima of parmatma otherwise what will happen the time will just be eaten away and we are just going to get stuck inside inside this revo- this revolving revolving set of experiences that is this world and the body goes away but there is a great possibility of find discovering the atma tattva the atma tattva is a discovery though this is who i am and to realize that atma tattva that i am this atma i am this great soul this great divinity we have to still live in the world and we to interact with the world and with all kinds of experiences because because we see them all the time right we see people sometimes on the street you know say need food and all those kinds of signs we see we see people we see so much diversity pain and suffering we see we see so many people wealthy and rich and 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 all of this thing we see all of this great diversity the ability to perceive the diversity with equanimity 
with tremendous gnana and stability. That ability comes about when we are moment to moment swallowing the sense experiences without those experiences getting accumulated as karma into the subtle body or causal body that is Shiva swallowing the poison. Wow! Is that possible? This, this is discussed in Vachanamrut in Amdavad number 3. There's only, there, in Amdavad there were some certain particular Vachanamrut spoken there. And there's a discussion about this, um, about the Vishayas, about the particular the five sense objects, how they can become the cause of reincarnation. So Maharaj has asked a question, how, how can one interact with them so that they don't cause, so, you know, so that they do not become the cause of reincarnation? Then the answer to that is something called Upsham. So what is Upsham? I'll just mention it here. Upsham is that state where you are completely still, but interacting with, this, with the Vishayas, but they are not creating any sanskar inside the mind or the body. There is the, the body is going on, the activity is going on, but the but there's so much absorption in the in the form of God in the in bhajan bhakti satsang kirtan. There's so much intensity that everything else that is pulling in the sansar, the pulling and tugging that goes on, the raga dvesha it's totally subsides that is called upsham u p s h a m isko upsham kehte and when upsham is there through the state of upsham which is the great state of this great sages <clears throat> they interact with all five sense objects they interact with them all but they do not become the cause of rebirth, as in the in most of our lives. Because they become the cause of rebirth for everybody else because of the sanskaras and the attachments and, and the entanglement with them. So then when the Jivatma leaves this body, the, all of that accumulated stuff is there in the subtle body, causal body, it causes reincarnation again. So the ability to interact with the sansar in its multitude, in its multiple diverse ways, <clears throat> with upsham, the way it is described in Vachanamrut, Amdavad number 3, that that ability, that capacity that develops by Guru Krupa, by grace of sages and Bhagwan, then that individual is living in the world as a Jivan Mukta liberated being where the sansar is not entering inside the causal body, subtle body, when the Jivatma remains free, it's freely interacting. Interaction with real freedom without any kind of a, uh, a, in a, a bonded, entangled, trapped state. And even the smallest of attachments can keep the person trapped. The analogy that is given in that Vachanamrutam is, is of a tree that all the roots are gone except for one. All the roots are destroyed except for one is just alive. That one root, because it is alive, it keeps the whole tree alive. 
Similarly, even the slightest attachment in this sansar keeps the cycle of birth going. That is the level of realization. So it doesn't mean that we're throwing the sansar away, we're hating the sansar. No, it means that we see clearly through the utter limitations of the <coughs> of prakriti. It's a perception through prakriti. You can see behind the curtain, essentially. That perception behind prakriti allows the individual allows the mind by the grace of Guru Tattva that is the Guru Tattva that is opening from inside the outside Guru is opening from inside that is where the mind then begins to open into the Atma that mental phenomena mental activity opening into the Atma in Vachanamrutam this is called Jeevan Manni Mitrata it's Agarada Ante number 9 Vachanamrutam Amazing that they are friends. Our mind and our soul are, are friends. But when do they become friends like this? When the mental activity, mental meaning, thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy, the five things, universal. Those five go right back into the Paramatma, into the Atma by worship of the Paramatma. It's really, really something tremendous. And and that is the act of swallowing the poison. Poison meaning what? It's the experiences of the world that have poison hidden within them. And to recognize what the poisonous experiences are and to, to, and to stay away from, from that. And to not let the experience reach a poisonous state. That has that meaning also. For example, if you're watching something on TV series, you know how many horror movies and these things are out there now? There's a whole category of horror shows. You start watching that stuff, what do you think will happen inside the mind, inside the body? In Vachanamrut Garada number 18, Garada Pratham 18, Maharaj has put in there such a... He said that the five senses, if they are not purified, the Antakaran will never become purified. And there's no chance of mukti. doesn't matter how many scriptures somebody has read or what sadhana somebody has done. If you don't keep the five senses purified, all the trash that is going inside the, inside, inside the mind, it will never stop. There, it, it will keep getting cluttered and it will be a mass of confusion that, the, that even the sadhak, even if somebody becomes a sadhak, will not come out of. So that is called Vivek. What should I be putting inside my mouth? Inside, through my ears, through my eyes. The charitra of Bhagwan Shankar deliberately taking on the poison. That is... That is where Voik Bade Oik Alokik Santki Stiti hai. Wa bi hamari stiti hai. We are not even able to deal with our own foolishness. Forget about somebody else's. Hamare mehi itna agyan, itne vasna, or sub dosho, or itna sub kachrahe. How we, we have any capacity to help somebody else? Yeah, we wish well for others and all that is okay. But to keep 100% attention on one's own inner development and bhakti and, and, uh, and all of that, remove our, our poison first, find and discover Amrut yourself first, like Shiva has. He's living in Amrut. Because you're living in Amrut, he can take the poison. He can take the problems of others and wish them and be untouched by it also. That's a different matter. That's a, that's a whole 
difference that is the stage of the param ekantik saints param ekantik means that they are at the highest stages of evolution and they are able to have be, be in contact with hundreds of thousands of people even be untouched by them and are showering grace because they are flooded with joy brahmanandam paramasukhadam kevalam gnanamurtim right ah it's a flood it's like you know if somebody wins this 1 billion dollar lottery where to put the money becomes a problem kis bank mein rakhna how many banks how much in the house you're flooded like an ocean ab ocean mein if you go into somebody throws you into the ocean and assuming it's not salty water but although the oceans are but if it's just ocean oceanic consciousness is there you're flooded with it ye jo bade bade sant hote they are flooded with ecstasy ramkrishna paramans used to explain it this way he said that it is like he used a bit of a sexual example and i hope you don't mind my using that he's he's simply saying that just as a female yoni is an orgasm this is his words i sachin isn't saying this he said millions like that are are like that active that is the that is the enlightened state is like that brahm he's giving a sexual example literally because he had practiced because that makes sense to people that's why i forgive me if you somebody doesn't like that you know but uh, but abram krishna paramans used that example so i'm just quoting him but but it's it's something that's it's understandable directly you know that whatever sukh we get from this bodily pleasure million times more than that is the glimpse of god that's the basic idea and you can use that for anything khane peena ka sukh you know from the from all kinds of uh, things with clothing some people have this massive wardrobes you know some some so many things are there 100 purses 200 pairs of shoes chalta hi hai keep going to those amazing malls and all that and keep buying 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 different things and or the whole mind is just in that right we find that there is something there yes there is some some touch of some some sukh is there but it is not continuous and it's it is saturated ramkrishna paramahansa used to say nishkuran swami brahmanand swami gunatitan swami gopalan swami great sages across across sanatana dharma who have entered upon this reality what did they have they didn't even keep any money with them they didn't even they ate in a wooden bowl they put on they only had two pairs of clothing bhagwa kapda or white clothes or whatever and they lived in the most extraordinary dimension and there are grahasthas even today householders who live this way who are in as enlightened why not they they evolved from within it's not about clothes it's not about eating in a, just because you eat in the wooden bowl doesn't mean you're enlightened no it has nothing to do with that actually that is a sadhana so those who are flooded with joy flooded means absolutely flooded with joy where is the issue of begging in this sansar for small 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 things that's the thing you know to run after the sense objects shabda sparsha roop ras gandha to run after them is begging after them 
one has become enslaved to them as opposed to interacting with them masterfully using the experience that is needed in the sansar for benefit recognizing the poison within being able, because you're going to have you're going to experience some of it recognizing it recognizing poison as poison meaning that the, the duk that is in there in the vishayas recognizing it exactly and then even when you're interacting with it you're going to recognize it as an internal phenomena but not to let that that duk enter into your stomach into your system that is the act of swallowing It is the most extraordinary state. It is the essence of all scriptures. Scriptures are secondary. We want to go into the primary state. Primary realization that yes, this is possible. To live this way with such an open vision that we're interacting masterfully with all the sense objects, with all the people, animals and everything else, trees, plants. But inside, only holding, only bringing into our system that which is needed and recognizing the, the attachment aspect, the bonding aspect, and, and even that, we still even connect with that. But we transform that bondage into mukti. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That is the fourth aspect of this analogy. That Shiva holding that poison, meaning he's transforming, transforming into amrut. That we can do. Swallowing is is what we talked about today. It's the interaction with the world in its diversity. That is the swallowing aspect. Then once you have swallowed, what we do, we just, we don't, we don't you know, our, when we swallow, these analogies are not perfect. We swallow food or drink, it goes straight down. We cannot hold it in our neck. But we have to hold in the experiences that are psychologically stimulative, psychologically stimulated we hold them within our neck in the sense that we hold them in such a way that they do not destroy anybody on the outside or cause problems on the outside and they don't cause problems for us also yes that is the whole ball game of enlightenment to live in this world you know, like that, that lotus flower living in the mud, but the mud is not in the lotus flower. Its root is in the mud and in the water and everything else. That is a sansar. It survives because of that. The sansar is not the problem. The sansar is existing so we can come out of it. Bhagavad Gita is very, very clear. Chapter 15. The first verse is talking about that, about the roots above and the branches below. Urdva mula madhashakam ashvatham prahu rabhyayam chandaunsiyasya paranani yastam vedasavedavit. This is the first verse in chapter 15 of the Bhagavad Gita. Extraordinary. That the, that the roots are above and the branches are below. The leaves are the Vedic hymns. And he who knows, this is the knower of the Vedas. The sansar and its experiences are all of the branches. 
and that is where we are stuck and then what does he say he says it actually in in, in the third verse he says asanga shastrena dridena jitva that with asangatva asangatva means that state of interacting but not reacting swallowing the experience but not getting any karmic karmic or other psychosomatic effect in that sense or psychological or causal body effect all of that type of interaction and then with so that asangatva means that you are not identified with that experience it's called asangatva and he says asanga shastrena that's the the acts of attach the acts of non attachment non entanglement he says cut the tree asanga shastrena cut it from where dridena chitva dridena means with tremendous strength and power see the word energy is there shakti energy is hidden everywhere in these verses in every charitra without bal without shakti without energy you cannot do anything nobody can do anything so he says what to do here is to cut out chop out chop the tree of the sansar from the mind does that mean what you're going to a cave no you're living everywhere but the sansar is is now seen as akshara brahma sansar is seen as parabrahma swarupa when this happens god is seen everywhere ishavasam idam sarvam yomam pashyati sarvatra टेक्नोलॉजी टू लिव a phenomenally liberated life and the idea here is sachin is talking for who for for my own manan chintan and by asking for the grace of all the devotees and paramatma and the sages because these ideas is one thing to talk about them it's another thing to really live through that experientially ko baat alag hai wo koi bani it's not a matter of how much exposition somebody does it's a matter of realizing the truth behind the verses and the shlokas and the scriptures and most importantly directly seeing this the state of the great sages that they are they are like this they are of this state that's my state ramkrishna paramans for example stated that the bliss of god is millions of times greater than any of the sense enjoyments he's speaking that he said that he was in that now if sachin says oh that's very nice that's beautiful ramkrishna parmans was great somebody is very great this and that but where am i the thing to say to think to really do is to say that state that's me my god that's a shocking idea you, you consider yourself as a paramansa my god we don't we don't even want to consider ourselves even even as a even as a as an ordinary devotee usually you know in the fear somebody will say bahut bhagat ban gaya and all that kind of stuff where is the issue you know there's a tendency to worship the great people but there is not that sense that what their greatness is me 
in Swaminarayan Sampradaya, they have this mantra that they use more recently, Aksharam Aham Purushottam Adasosmi. I am the Akshara Brahma. Start with that. How tremendous that is. Who is going to stop you? You know, but the thing is, we don't identify that way. If we identify that way, that the stage of the state of all these great stages, the charitras of the incarnations of God, those things are with me, then the mind rapidly evolves and expands into the Atma. That is the Gurudevo Maheshwara. The Guru Tattva opens continuously by holding and identifying with the states. In, in Vachanamurdham, this is called Satsang Maje Vat Prashe Dharvi and Vichar. It means hold and think, hold and contemplate, hold and contemplate. And bring it inside that that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. What are we doing? I am calm, I am growth, I am lobe, I am this, I am wealthy, I am poor, I am man, I am woman, I am, I am healthy, I am un uh, unhealthy, I have this much, I, have, I don't have this much, this is missing, that is missing. This is all that goes on. But when we get out of that, that mentality, that we're resonating with the great incarnations and the sages and the great gurus, my God, who can stop anybody? That is, that is the doorway into the divine joy. All right, we'll stop here. We'll continue this tomorrow.